Monday night edition of the Crash the Pond podcast. This is different. This is new. This is uncharted territory. I'm a little scared. But you know what? Jake and I will get it, get through it together here, as we yeah. always do. Yeah, we Jake, will. Jake, by the way, I'm just going to out you right from the start. Not even going to wait a second here. Rocking the aggressive shirt right now. Very aggressive. For those who can't see, it's it's a short sleeve button up with a toucan print. I believe those are toucans. That are parrots. yeah, some some toucans parrots. Same difference, right? And then there's a floral print Mighty Ducks snapback to go along with it. So Jake just looking like a full on, you know, I drink IPAs and hang out by the beach on weekends kind of guy. Which is not a bad look. I, I was about, look. I was about yeah, to it, say. It sounds like a good time. Well, I was about to say, is that inaccurate for me though? <laughs> no, it's not. But I think it, you know, it matches. It it matches what what you what we have come to know you as. Yeah, you know, one of us has to at least like provide some visual element for for the viewers after after my performance last week with my tank top and, and headband uh, because of USC making the elite eight before getting crushed by Gonzaga. I had to at least, uh, you know. I, I had to follow up and, and figure out something to wear. So who knows? Stay so tuned for next week. I think I figured it out. I think as I started establishing my own bit with the holidays, you are trying to outbit me. And and you've taken it to a much different level with the visual element. But I, I appreciate that. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the background, I am spotting a, a reindeer. Yes, uh, it's, it's a little bit off screen for everyone yes. watching. Only you can really see it. There is. Here, I'll, I'll pull it onto screen just for everyone. By the way, Zena says I'm uh, Miami Vice Jake. Yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go with that. Um, but while while Jake grabs his, his reindeer, pulling it on screen, I do want to wish everybody a happy Easter Monday. It is Easter Monday after all. And so hopefully everyone had a nice weekend. It's rare that we get to reflect on the weekend on this podcast. Jake, how was your weekend? How did you it celebrate was, Easter? It was good. Went over to the in-laws. Um, and yeah, that was, that was basically it. How about you? Uh, what did I do? Hmm. Can't really remember that well. Must must have been the beer or something that is yeah. fuzzing my memory. By the way, we already <laughs> have GM Bob Murray in our Twitch chat saying, how yes. is every, everyone doing tonight? So, Bob, don't worry. We'll talk about you. Oh, we're, we'll not gonna, we're not going to completely crush you. We may criticize you a little, but we're not going to completely crush you. I do want to point out, because by the time people are listening to this in the recorded version, it will be New Beer's Eve. Tomorrow, Tuesday, April 6th is New Beer's Eve because Wednesday is National Beer Day. So... There's an eve to the National Beer Day, I guess. So I mean, get ready. Every, can't every day just be National Beer Day? Well, yeah. I mean, if if you're Jake Rudolph, it is. But you know, for the rest of us who are a bit more, you know, who are a bit more careful. <laughs> wow! Just called out. Just called out. <laughs> the, we haven't even the, started talking about the Ducks, and I'm just the, fun, the funny thing is that that doesn't even really apply to you. It just no. I just felt like saying that. No. Nope. Um, okay. Well, let's. Uh, I guess we have to talk about the ducks at some point. I'm trying to figure out a way to to uh, transition to, to delay this. No, I'm trying to delay even further. Oh, happy happy opening day, opening whatever of baseball to everybody. It's nice to watch baseball again yeah. with fans, with actual yes. fans. It's yeah. nice to see Angel Stadium. It's nice to see the Astros getting booed. I, I like it. I'm here for it. It's nice to see Shohei Otani just blasting home I runs. I mean, by the if way. we. If we want, yes, and on nights that he's pitching. <laughs> yes. But if, if we want to discuss something random, I mean, you know, I'm here for this. As before, we get into the Zegras talk. It's WrestleMania week. 
WrestleMania is this upcoming weekend. I have no clue what the card, how it's going to be. I haven't paid attention to the stories in a long time, but you know, you've got a killer dynamite coming Wednesday from AEW. You've got NXT takeover stand and deliver on Wednesday and Thursday. You've got, uh, uh, raw was tonight. I'm probably not gonna watch it. Smackdown on Friday, but WrestleMania on Saturday and Sunday. That's important. That's really important. It's a big deal. It's no a, irony Super, there at all. It's the Super Bowl of wrestling. And uh, our first Salem appearance on, on your screen as well. You've just got a busy, you've got a busy background today. You I'm know, here for like, it. like I said, one of us has to provide a visual element. Salem the Black Cat just making G- her way, By the way into the picture. Ginger Wolf, and we, I should shout out Endless Majesty subscribed. Uh, Ginger Wolf just subs- resubscribed and said uh, he did it because I started talking wrestling. Wow. Well, there you go. See, I don't, I've never been against you talking wrestling. Never. Okay. So l- right. let's, let's get into this now. We, we've had about five minutes here of just absolutely nothing. Hey, you, know, you know, I think it's, it's okay. It's okay to, to talk about what's, what's going on in the world. Just to show that we are indeed, we have our heads out of the sand and we know what's going on. Um, but yeah, let's talk about, so usually the way that we do these shows is we talk about the, the week that was for the Ducks, games, different bits of news. But I will say, thankfully, selfishly, as a podcast, a, a podcast ear, uh, the Ducks dropped the big old piece of news today. And so that made our lives a lot easier to decide what we're going to talk about. And this is the news. If you haven't seen already, the Ducks are reassigning Trevor Zegras to the San Diego Goals. And the reason for that. I'll just read you the quote here um, from executive vice president slash general manager, Bob Murray Uh, quote, our goal was to help Trevor transition more smoothly into the NHL. So we started him out on the wing. He's ahead of our scheduled progression. And as a result, we are moving him to center ice effective immediately. He will need some experience in the AHL first, but our expectation is that he will be back with us in the near future and play center for the Ducks for years to come. So this is huge news because uh, for those who maybe have missed the game or who will recall Sunday night, uh, Trevor Zegras had two assists, two primary assists in the Looks first good. period. Looked great. I mean, you know, it wasn't a perfect game for him the, the rest of the way, but there were moments of time where you could just see that that flash, that element of skill and effective skill that he can bring to the game. And so the Ducks are making a pretty bold move here because – on the heels of that, they're sending him down to the minors. What was your initial reaction to this news? Well, I don't know if you saw this. Was the first thing you saw about this the the Ducks tweet? Yes, I believe okay. so. Yeah. So the very first thing I saw was actually Elliot Tiford's tweet, mm-hmm. which, which was just breaking news and said that, that the Ducks have sent down Trevor Zegers. And that was how I very first or how I saw it with, and it just said, yeah, Anaheim Ducks announced roster move. It was just a screenshot of the press release saying that Zegris has been sent to the goals. No actual um, other information, any other tidbits. So mm-hmm. with that, the my initial reaction was frustration, mm-hmm. no doubt. I think once the Ducks put out their statement with the quote from Bob Murray, I think I became less frustrated, and it became more apparent as to why I think there there's a lot of things I think going through my head. And I think it, you seem to think it's a very simple thing. Whereas I think it's kind of a nuanced situation because, and now you will disagree, but no, here's kind of where I'm coming from at this. I, I think overall, this is a, this is a good move. 
I don't think you can really view this in a negative light overall because I think at the end of the day, we've talked about it a bunch. We talked about it before the season that Trevor Zegras is probably going to be in his best spot as a center. That That's where he's played. You can see with the puck on his stick how much more he thrives uh, throughout a game. When he's able to be engaged in the game, have the puck on his stick, be uh, able to make plays. And he seems like he's a guy, even though he can uh, make an influence from the wing, he's a guy that is going to uh, be influential as a center long term. That's at least how I viewed him, how it seemed like he's played. And defensively, he's looked actually fine during his time in the NHL. Um, and so I think overall this thought process of saying, okay, we want him to be a center. So we're going to send him down to the goals to work on that. I think that's overall a fine thought process and nothing wrong there. The only kind of thing that I have it or issue that I have in some ways with this is that it's not as if the ducks are rolling out the best centers in the world right now. They have Sam Carrick on their team. So my only kind of issue, I guess, issue one is the fact that they could do this in the NHL realistically with him. They could have him playing at center right now in the NHL. Send Sam Carrick down, move Sam Carrick to the wing, things like that, and and let him play in the NHL. He's clearly shown that he's NHL ready. But I will admit there are things to learn about playing the position defensively and, and roles like that in the professional game where you might want to have him do, him do that in the AHL. The other kind of issue that I have with this is if the long-term plan was to get him to play center, why not just do this from the start? So, okay, so Jake just laid out everything that's wrong with this move, which, look, I, I definitely think that there's issues with it. Did I, I say everything wrong? I gave him credit. Um, I said it. That's actually everything that you listed right now is what's wrong with it. I, I don't think I heard any positives. Maybe, pos- maybe I'm the, wrong about that. The positive was it could, like, this is the proper move if you want him to develop as a center. This, this, this is defensible for doing that. They could have him do this at the NHL, but I do admit there is something to having him do that in the AHL in a less uh, high-pressure environment. Well, and I'm not saying, by the way, that you have to be positive, right? It could just be all negative. But my point of view on this is that, first off, I think the thing that's maybe the most important thing out of all of this is that the ducks went out of their way to explain this decision. And yes, not only, not only did they say why they were doing it, but they explained the bigger picture of, okay, what is this going to look like moving forward? What are the steps that he's going through? And we just haven't seen that from this organization as long as I've been following them. That's like, a good point. They bought out Corey Perry, a franchise legend, a guy who probably will have his number hanging in the Raptors one day. And there was no explanation about that, or at least not to this degree. So I think if if nothing else, this demonstrates that the Ducks understand the fragility, the tenuous, their tenuous relationship with the fan base right now. They understand how much Trevor Zegras matters to people that follow this team. And I think they knew that they couldn't just send him down without saying anything because pitchforks and knives and torches would have come out, right? Because for a lot of fans, I mean, look, I don't pretend to know what's on every fan's mind, but I get replies to my tweets every game about how Zegras is the only reason people are watching, right? And so you can't just send him down without saying anything. So maybe part of this was just to avoid blowback, but I do still commend them for doing this. Yeah, It It shows that they have a plan. And I don't think the pan- the plan is that is that you know flawed. Yeah. The, the the plan makes sense on its face. Uh, so I do want to give the Ducks a decent amount of credit here. Actually, I'll give them a lot of credit because I didn't ex- I didn't think that they had this in their arsenal, and they did it. And it makes things a lot easier to process, right? At least we know their side. 
of why well, they're doing this. Th- this is kind of what we've been asking for from the organization for a while with the fact that, yes. And, and you look at, for instance, we we've long, we've mentioned the Rangers and, and them putting out that letter years ago, basically saying, you're going to see some of your favorites straight away, but this is to, to make us better in the long term. blah, 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 standard kind of rebuild talk. But it, it's something that I think is important to have from an, an organization acknowledgement of things that we we've been to the top. And I think that this is the first time we've really had that type of thing from the Ducks organization. So I think you're you're right, and I did not mention that the the Bob Murray and the Ducks overall should be commended for putting that statement out because it is an important thing to put out to have that transparency. Mm-hmm. The yeah. the one thing that I will say, mm-hmm. in an, I guess going with the full negative light here, is while yes, it is nice to see, and maybe this is obvious. I I think this is definitely me being too critical, so I fully admit that before I say this. But I I want to see more of this from them before you can really fully commend them because a one off, sure, a, a one off doesn't necessarily mean that this is this is going to be the plan moving forward, or even that this is exactly what they're going to do with Zegers. So we need to see this actual situation pay off, and that this is what they're planning to do. If he goes down, plays five games as center for what something happens and then he goes back to wing and finishes the season on wing, then I, I, I think you, you rightfully can be critical of it because they're not staying true to their word and letting them work through things. Well, and okay, so but what I would say to that though, is now that they've put this out there in writing and that they've never done this before, I feel like they wouldn't put this out if they're just true. not going to do it true. at all. Right. True. Like you would hope that if they're going to put it in writing, that they're going to put it out for the world to see that they intend on following through. Because again, this is something that they, to my recollection, haven't done. And so I would say that that indicates that they will follow through on what they're saying. And the other thing we have to keep in mind is that the statement is fairly open-ended and vague in some respects. Like Zegris will be back in the near future. Well, when is the near future? Mm-hmm. Is that this, is that this season? Mm-hmm. Is that the beginning of, of, you know, of next year? Um, I would venture my interpretation of that is I think that means next year. Um, that, that's my view, especially yeah. because the ducks have five games at home with fans this season. And I would I would imagine that they want Zegers playing in front of fans at some point. Give give fans a reason uh, to so, come out and, and so, watch these games. So you think very soon means this season still? I think that he comes back this season. I, I think that they tethering yourself to the very soon to the near future does put you I on think, the clock a little bit. See, I think near future could very much mean just next season. Yeah, it could. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the that's the beauty of the statement. If you're the Ducks, is that it's ambiguous enough to where no one can really hold you to a certain timeline, and that's yeah. that's why but, they didn't say this season. Because if something unforeseen happens, or if Zegers goes down to the AHL and really struggles at center, which I don't think will happen, but if he does, that gives them the out of saying, "Well, you know, yeah. we, we didn't put a hard deadline on it." Fire Carlisle actually has a very, very good point saying it's it's not like Murray just said it talking to the media. The team put out Murray's statement from twi- their Twitter account. It's not going to get buried or forgotten if they don't hold true. Yeah, this to is it. an organizational yeah. decision. No, I don't that, think that's it's a good just, point. Uh, Murray saying this. Yeah. And so I think you're being a little. No, that's fair. You're kind of looking for mistakes. Yeah, 100%. For flaws, which Admitting is fine. It. I mean, I, I won't sit here and pretend that the Ducks have engendered all this trust and yeah, goodwill exactly. over the last couple of years. So I think it's totally reasonable to be deeply skeptical. And I think that it's, it's necessary to be somewhat skeptical, but reading, reading this, just the statement itself and reading between the lines, I think it indicates that he will be back. My criticism of it, and it's more of a quibble than a true criticism is just 
they they said that they see him as a center uh and but so why and you've already said this but i just want to repeat it Mm -hmm. why did they just not start him at center like if that was the the goal all along then why did he need to play on the wing to then become a center (laughs) you know what i mean yeah it it just doesn't add up well especially especially if you're starting him in the ahl well so my guess on that and then again, this is just my guess. I think that they weren't sure if he could be a center. I think they weren't sure if he could hang defensively, if, if physically he was up to up to task. And I think the way he's played in the NHL, the way he played in the AHL, I think they're more confident now that they can move him over to center. And that's why you're seeing this rhetoric now. Uh, because, yeah, why didn't they just put him at center in the AHL? Where it's, I mean, all due respect to the AHL, but it's, the, the 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 stakes there just aren't as high as in the NHL. And so that's where you can experiment with your prospects. Now, maybe there's the argument that, well, he was just coming off the World Juniors. Why didn't he, you know, he, he was at the wing there, so they didn't want to uh, confuse him even further. Here's the thing, though. Trevor Zegras hasn't played a game at center since March 6th of last year. Like, he hasn't played center in a year because he didn't play center at the World Juniors. He played center at Boston and it's been a it's been a while since he's played center. So I think it's it's perfectly fine to take it slowly with getting him back to that position because this this whole issue um, of him not playing center actually started at the World Juniors. It didn't start with the Ducks. The Ducks weren't the one who kind of initiated this, uh, uh, I guess, th- this conflict or, or, or this tension. Uh, so now, look, they're they're turning the tide. I think it's smart of them to want to put him back at center. Because like you alluded to, that's, I think, where he'll be the most effective, where he's got the most open ice, where he can use his playmaking chops, where he can use his brain. Uh, so all in all, I know that maybe there's some reasons to be frustrated with this, but I think it's a positive, right? They're, they're, being, more, they're being more transparent, and ultimately they're reaching the right conclusion, which is that Zegris should be a center. And whether that does happen this season or whether it happens in the beginning of next season, they are setting him up for success, I think, long term with this. Yeah. And I I guess I don't think this will compromise his development. And I'm being told by our Twitch chat by Bonnie and uh, Ginger Wolf saying that Eric Stevens and Elliot Tiford. I'm trying to find this to uh, this information just uh, to see if I can confirm that I've seen this, but that Bob Murray made it seem like he was going to be back with the Ducks this year. So, Uh, yeah, that that's I would I can't find that right now, but that's kind of what I'm seeing from our Twitch chat. So okay, um, may, maybe that's there. So well, um, I just think it'd be weird to say near future and then not having come back for another, you know, another what five months. Mm-hmm. That, that that that's not near future anymore to me in, yeah. in the hockey world. Yeah, no that that that's fair. Mm-hmm. Let me ask this though. <laughs> now, not full conspiracy theory here. But I will be completely open and honest. This is me just throwing out stuff and seeing what sticks with you. <laughs> Do you think that any of this is related to the years or the accrued seasons? Yes, I think argument? it is. Part, I think that is part of it because the Ducks have said this is part of it. Like they're mm-hmm. the ones who put this out there yep. very plainly for everybody to see when Zegras got scratched for two games in a row. They had their broadcast say it. So, yeah, I think this is part of it. I don't think that they were going to hammer that point home again. I think in their view, it's probably, well, we already said it. People can interpret that to mean that we, this is something we're aware of and that we're factoring into our decision-making and now they're going this extra step. Um, I do think though, I do think though that this, that element of it with the accrual, I don't think that that's the majority 
percentage of this decision. I think that this is clearly there's a significant degree of this over 50% that's about Zegris's development as a player. And you could say it's 20%, 30%, 40% about the the salary cap elements, but I think that there's still the majority of this is about his development moving to center. I mean, look at how they've handled him in the at the NHL level. They have done everything in their power to not rush him along. They've they've coddled his minutes. They've benched him at the end of periods like they've done everything with the kid gloves as you love to say and Mm -hmm. to me this is all just a continuation of that except this time i think it actually i just hit my mic i think i think now it actually makes sense like this is even though this is quote-unquote kid gloves this is actually somewhat sensible and, and i guess that would be my only frustration is that i've been long against the kid glove argument and this is along those lines but you are right and we said that that if you're gonna treat him with these types of kid gloves just send him down well, it has be, to make be, sense. Yeah, yeah. And don't jerk him around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so I, I think when we'll really find out about whether or not this was about the accrual seasons, which for those of you out there, I feel like we've mentioned this on the show a bunch of times now, but just for those that don't know, if you play under 27 games, um, so 26 games or less throughout the course of a season, it does not count as an accrued season. You have to accrue seven seasons to hit UFA status or be 27 years of age by the time of that uh, that offseason. And so by them not having this count as a year of accrual for Trevor Zegras, I think we went into this more in depth on last episode, but he would hit his UFA status as 27 as compared to 26. And mm-hmm. right now he has currently played in 17 games and the Ducks have 17 games left. So if eight games down the road, he's called up. So there's only nine games left in the season, so he can only play in 26 games. I think we'll have a much better idea of if the reason he was sent or about whether or not the reason he was sent down was uh, significantly about the accrual of seasons or not. Because I, I think that when he's called back up, if he is the se- the rest of the season, we'll have a much better idea of kind of what percentage part that played in it. Well, I think the accrual, se- I think the accrual thing is also kind of a straw man to me. I think that all of this has been about his play on the ice um, because is Bob Murray going to be here when that matters? His next, his UFA contract, like how many members of this front office are going to be around now? Maybe you could say the owners are the ones who care about this because they care about when they have to pay him and how long it's going to take for them to recoup all the lost revenue of the last couple of years. But um, I don't know why that matters so much. None of these people are going to be around like Bob Murray is going to be close to 70 when when uh trevor zegris hits his ufa so is i don't know i so, i just find, I, I find it a bit of a straw man ginger, but maybe it's just me ginger wolf did a little bit of the legwork and has a quote from tford's article mm-hmm. um that says the ducks don't have a specific number of games in mind before zegris returns to the nhl but they expect him back before the season ends on may 8th the move has the added consequence of limiting him to less than 27 games and delaying his unrestricted free agent status until after the 27 28 season yeah. So there you go. I mean, it's that that all seems to check out. I still don't I still don't fully buy that's the main reason here. I think that they just have I think Dallas Aikens has serious issues with Trevor Zegras and maybe he's complained so much that finally they're going to send him down. But I do I mean, if it were up to me, and this is something I said earlier on Twitter when the news broke, if it were up to me, I would just have him be a center in the NHL. And just deal with the lumps, learn on the fly, um, let him build the confidence, let him have it the highs, let him have the lows, do it in the right way, right? I mean, that's where you do manage his minutes a bit. Make sure that you're doing it the right way and 
and just let it let it be and and don't get so bogged down in in the minutia here um that i don't think is that consequential uh i think it's going to be hard for him mentally to go back to the ahl like yeah. he just had a two-point game he just had one of the better offensive performances he's been effective in the lineup when he's been given a real shot and so i think it's kind of a blow to to a young player like that i think that it sounds like they may communicate it well. It's they they but they it's they, sold it's sold emotion. It's a well, demotion know, and he gets paid less. Well, they they know that they have a like he, they're making it clear to him that they have a plan for him. The issue is that look, players read tweets, their agents read tweets, their families read tweets. So you think that Zegers's camp is unaware of the uh the contract situation and all this? Like it must be kind of hard if you're Zegras or the people in his camp to, to to see this and think, well, are they just really nickel and diming us here? Is that what this is about? You just want to pay us less in the long term or have to delay when you pay us again? Like, it's just, it does send a, a, a bit of a weird tone making that part of it so public. I, yep. I, I have less issue with the development aspect, but the making it so public that this is about his contract, that to me... Look, you could you could say, well, if you're the player, deal with it. That's just that's pro sports. There's no crying in baseball. But I, I don't know. Players read stuff, right? And I think mm-hmm. it you, it can go either way, especially a guy like Zegras. Mm-hmm. So definitely, Def- and and now I come to your side. I you see did? your side. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not ignorant to your side. Like yeah. I would I would just play him in the NHL. I yep. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I also don't think it's like a cardinal sin to have him develop at center in the AHL either. Agreed. And it doesn't sound like it'll be an extended period of time either. Yeah. And I, I think that's as we've had this kind of conversation. And, and like I said, am I talking bit, you down? No, am I talking you down. No. And, and, and there, it, it's a All conversation right. that has required a lot of different kind of topics to be broached and a lot of things points to be brought up. And I mean, at the end of the day, this is where I kind of fall on it is that, is there a difference? Is there that noticeable of a difference between playing Trevor Zegras in the AHL this season and playing him on the Ducks at center this season? Because the Ducks have not been a good team. They are not playing consequential games. They down the stretch. They currently have Trevor Carrick centering uh, a line. Sam they Kirk. had. Did I say Trevor? Yeah, I meant Sam. <laughs> Trevor's yeah. in the AHL. Trevor. Side. Trevor's the defenseman. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the Trevor's. Yeah, all, all of that going together. Trevor again, Carrick. But- yeah yeah, yeah 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 exactly sam carrick though centering in the nhl right now for the ducks they had andrew agazino centering a line the other week um it's not as if they they have this laundry list of centers that that zgress will be fighting uh for time with so why not give it a shot at the nhl that that's i guess kind of where well, i i fall on it is give him a couple games see how he does if he struggles at center you really want him to develop that a little bit more and he can't do that at the nhl send him to the ahl I, I think that's just where I fall on this overall. Well, he's proven I, he's an NHL. I think they would rather not have that back yeah. and forth where he struggles initially and then send him down as opposed to let him build up. Um, here's the other thing that we haven't really talked about yet. Uh, do you think the Ducks are a better team with Sam Carrick as opposed to Trevor Zegers? Or do you think they're a better team without Trevor Zegers? No, they're not a better team without Trevor And, Zegers. you know, as... Team. As the oh, season is winding oh, down, oh, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, as the season is winding down, as those draft lottery odds start getting solidified, the, hey, this doesn't hurt the draft. Right. The, the Ducks' draft position, I would say. I think this is. I think look, the, the the Ducks have been a lot more open this year about the fact that they're rebuilding. Like Dallas Higgins uses that word all the time, yeah. and so. Maybe just maybe this is a bit of a stealth tank here. Bit of a bit of a strategic 
move here. Do I need to make a bit of an embarrassing um, uh, acknowledgement right now? Go for it. Go for it. Um, Well, who's getting embarrassed is the question. Oh, it's me. Okay. Okay. Then definitely it's, 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 it's 100% me. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for the support there, bud. Uh, (laughs) but, um, so when all the stuff was announced about the draft lottery, for whatever reason, I had assumed that the, the draft lottery changes that were upcoming were starting not in the 21 draft, but in the 22 draft. Mm -hmm. And part of that was due to the fact that I didn't think that they could actually change the upcoming draft this soon because teams are working under a certain, um, uh, thought process with that upcoming draft. And so making that change, but it wasn't until this past week or so I went on take a thought tankathon and noticed that it says top two percentage. And that was when I did a bit of a deep dive and I was like, Oh, the, the change from two to three or three to two, sorry, is has changed for this upcoming draft. And so instead of it being three spots for a lot or three lotteries for the top three spots, it's now only two lotteries for the top two spots. The change for the amount of spots you can move, all that stuff is starting in 2022. But at the end of the day for the Ducks, this is a good thing because if they do finish where they're currently at, which is second worst in the league in terms of points percentage, um, the farthest they can fall is fourth. Yep. And, and so it really kind of adds a little bit of a safety valve there. For and the also, Ducks. I mean, you know, the whole narrative about the Ducks always falling back and never, never lucking out in the lottery. I feel like this is the year of Bomberies. Like, you know what? That's not happening to us again. We're going all in. We're we're getting our spot. The, the year that it doesn't really matter as much to win the lottery. <laughs> well, I don't know. I I think this is a weird year. I think that we may look back on it one day and say, yeah, we probably underrated it because of the lack of scouting. Yeah. Uh, the lack of hype. But I do agree, though, that if you're just well, looking at it on its face, like this this draft class doesn't have an Alexi it does, Lafreniere. It, yeah, doesn't it doesn't have, have a Quinton. Doesn't have a Quinton Byfield, doesn't have a Marco Rossi. Although, Um, I'll I'll say this: this is actually a fantastic year to be bad. Though it's not a year that you want to win the lottery, but it's a year that you want to be where the Ducks are, which is that they could potentially be in the two to four range. More likely than not, you're you're there to to basically snag the rebound of whoever the teams in front of you are going to miss. Yeah, it's basically you are. For those that don't know about that much about this draft, and you and I are both still getting our heads fully into it, but the way that I've kind of seen it described and the way that I've been reading about all this different type of stuff, maybe the top five to eight are all interchangeable depending on where you read, who you look at, what what that that person values specifically. So who you might have at first on your draft board, they may be available at fourth. And mm-hmm. so the, the amount of value that you can get out of a third through fifth pick in the draft is actually pretty high as compared to where it typically is. You could get the guy that you might want as your first. And, and so this is actually a great year to be where the ducks are. And the, the lottery is the lottery. You, you can't control it. And so this is the year that you want to be able to be in that position to get a good spot. Yes. And I will say that for this year though, the one downside for the ducks as at least as I've said, and I think you agree with is that what this franchise needs more of is dynamic high high skill high end forwards and they just they just need good players and i think they they, they do they they 100% do i agree with that but like this draft just doesn't really have that kind of player Eh, i disagree there i I mean i mean not to the not to the like volume that we've seen in other drafts Uh, agreed that's fair but i i think i think there there are demon who can create from the back end though and i think there are demon that have the potential to be around what drysdale is i think i mean you you, 
Yeah, you look at uh, you Rant look at you, you look at William Eklund and, and what he's been <laughs> able to do over in the Swedish league as compared mm. to to uh, to Raymond and, and Holtz, and he's been able to put up really good numbers. And I mean, yeah, you, you yeah. look at you look at what Matty Beniers has been able to do at, at Michigan in terms of play driving and, and his transition game. Like there are guys there, there could be some very very good players to come yeah, out of this and, draft. And DB Lowry puts in our chat here: Is it so bad if we pick up another study man? No, not at all. Like Jake just said, the Ducks just need more good players. And so whatever their position is outside of maybe goalie, um, I think it's it's good to get more bodies to get more uh, excellent players. And I just, you know, I think that forwards are more important than D men in terms of like your ceiling in terms of your cup potential ceiling, but you got to build the foundation also. And if the ducks get like a Brant Clark, who's projects to be a great offensive defenseman at the NHL level in the vein of a Jamie Drysdale, then you're in really good shape. I mean, it would be amazing to have, a duo on the back end of young high flying defensemen. And you've seen like the the crazy thing is that when we were projecting last year's draft class, a lot of the narrative surrounding Drysdale was, well, you know, it's going to take three years, two to three years from the, to to get to the NHL and Mm -hmm. and make an impact. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's making an impact as a teenager already now. Yeah, exactly. And you know, of course, part of that is circumstantial. Like this has just been a crazy year and maybe he wouldn't have gotten this kind of opportunity otherwise, but um, like he's been one of the Ducks' better defensemen since he's been called up. Now his numbers have waned a little bit in the last few games, but he is still just a legit contributor at the NHL level. And there's not really any huge flaws in his games. That I mean, a lot of the stuff that he needs to improve is kind of like fine tuning. It's not so much a, a, a fundamental flaw in his game. And so yeah. that just goes to show that even if you draft a, a defenseman, and maybe you think they take longer. They might actually not, and and your window to get back into the cup contention is actually a lot sooner than you thought it was going to be originally. Yeah, and so before we move on to now that we've kind of done a little bit of a, a draft lottery talk, and uh, <laughs> yeah, much more and, of that coming up in the next few weeks. So. Well, yeah, definitely. But we will get into a little bit of a trade deadline preview because that is now under a week away. But do you do you want to do the read? Yes, yes, that was that that was where I I was going there right now, Felix. But before we do that, only you before we do that, let's have a word from our sponsors. So is there anything better than fresh mowed grass at the ballpark on opening day? How about freshly groomed balls? Our sponsors at Manscaped, the global leader in below the uh, waist grooming, are here to help you strike out your your bush for good. It's a whole new balls game, folks, and Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CTP at manscaped.com. So, Felix, I'm telling you that these products are no joke. They're so easy to use, and I have all the confidence in the world with the best tools for the job at Manscaped. What have you liked from Manscaped.com? Well, I, you know, as someone who's got little little body hair going on, I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to shy away from it. There's there's some there's some body hair going on. I have really fallen in love with the lawnmower 3.0. Um, I'm someone who gets some irritation after I use trimmers, and I'm happy to report. That thanks to the ceramic blade, the advanced skin safe technology, I haven't had that with the Lawnmower 3.0. It's a comfortable shave. They've got the LED light on it, so you can be very, very Game accurate. Game changing. Yes, exactly. Think, uh, think 
think Trevor Zegras, think Ricard Raquel wrist shot, just so accurate. And I've, I've fallen in love with it. It's revolutionized my, my grooming game. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And, uh, also included though, in the perfect package 3.0 is their crop preserver and crop reviver. Uh, the crop preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and the crop reviver is a spray on toner. Um, fantastic uh, things that they've sent us. And also included in the Perfect Package 3.0 is their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfor- comfortably. And speaking yeah, of the, comfort... The, the bag is great, by the way. That's yeah. another thing. I'm just like, I, I use the bag for all my toiletries, and I love it. So Speaking of comfort, though, Felix, they also include in the uh, Perfect Package 3.0 anti-chafing boxer briefs, and they'll yep. bring your boxer game to the next level. Complete your top-to-bottom grooming game with the newer... And also... Their cologne, great. Also, I haven't talked about this yet on this show. Once again, the uh, the weed whacker. Yeah. My wife pointed for your out ear hair my for your ear and nose hair. My wife pointed out to me that I needed to use it over the weekend. And <laughs> again, I mean, again, again, it, it, it comes back quick. You have I, like four weed whackers. You need, I, you need to get on top of it. I know. And so basically I had to go and use it again. The weed, weed whacker is an indispensable tool for me. Honestly, it comes in handy so much, you well, know, you need to actually use it though. I do. Like, it's a like, great tool. It's effective. It is. It is effective. It's just my nose hair grows back quick. So yeah. there you go. There you go, folks. So, <laughs> Oh, here's a good line. Talk about utility, man, though, Felix. Manscaped is like the Ma- Mike Trout of your ball trimmers. There you go. Very on point. Very and, apropos. And so you Manscaped can hit the, loves the angels. You can confirmed. hit the ball, the ball out of the park this season with Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. So, everyone, get 20% off and free shipping with the code CTP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code CTP. Baseball is back. Don't let your pubes get out of whack. There you go. So eloquent. So perfect. Just everything it needed to be. Thank you, Jake, for that. It's what I'm here for. You are are dying, though. You are dying to talk about the trade deadline at any opportunity. I guess, to be fair, it is a week away. Yeah, it's a week away. Maybe I've just had my my head in the sand. I have been at the beach a lot. I have been at the beach a lot, so that might explain it. But let's uh, let's just dive into it. How do you want to go about this? Um... I think a, a, a good kind of conversation to have right now is the Ducks are actually in an interesting position right now. And so first off, one of the things oh. that I want, wanted to bring up was the fact that Elliot Friedman on today's 31 Thoughts, the podcast, great podcast, go listen to it, everyone. Uh, him and Chris Johnson did a breakdown of every single team in the NHL and what he, they expected the deadline, if they're sellers, uh, buyers, everything along those lines. And they mentioned specifically, and I think this was the first time I had heard it, Elliot Friedman had said that the Ducks are looking for a 19 to 25-year-old prospect. And then he's like, actually, no, not 25. He's like more in the 19 to 23 age range uh, uh, of a guy that is and it, basically... See, that, that is way more reasonable yes. than what we initially heard. Yes, 100%. Which, does that show that Bob Murray is kind of moving his opinion around a little yeah. bit? Yeah, and so... The other thing was they they basically said the Ducks are trying to to set the market on a lot of different things. They they're definitely listening, they're definitely trying a lot of things out there. And so part of me hears that and I wonder. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're looking at and throwing Hampus Lindholm name Lindholm's name out there. He's well, obviously injured right now, and so I yes. think that maybe hurts a little bit there. But the But fact- he's got a year left, so it's not like a pure yeah, and so yeah. I, I wonder kind of if that's part of it. But Silver Shrouded says Nicholas Robertson fits perfectly to that mold. The one thing that they did mention also on this show is that 
they think that it's been quiet, but at a certain point as we approach the deadline, you're going to start seeing trades happen. And part of that is due to the fact that the sellers are probably eventually going to come down on their asking or on what they're asking for mm-hmm. and, and potentially come down. I actually kind of wonder, and this is where I wanted to go with this conversation. I wonder if the market's going to favor the ducks a little bit now, because a l- couple of the teams that potentially could have been in seller mode are now back in playoff races. Mm-hmm. And so a, a team that was specifically one of the teams in, in the, the big seller mode, Matisse Ekholm was a name rumored from Mikko Granlund, uh, Philip Forsberg. These are all names that were rumored to be coming out of Nashville. Nashville now is sitting in a playoff spot. And so word that I've heard coming from different places that have uh, just podcasts, various things like that, no actual insider information, but um, it, is that the Predators now aren't going to be selling. Be, because of this that they don't want to sell that they yes they, buy they into view the small sample buy they, into it they view themselves as a, a playoff team and so um it, i really kind of think the market may end up favoring the ducks here a bit because you have teams like them you have teams like chicago um teams like dallas none of these guys really want to sell detroit doesn't necessarily have anything worth selling I mean, just going through the teams, Columbus, I mean, there, there's rumors about Felino, but I don't know if that's a move that they want to make midseason. Um, LA is is currently still in the mix, and maybe and I haven't seen anything about them actually wanting to sell besides maybe quick. Um, and it, as compared to, I'm just kind of running through the divisions right now, the Rangers are still kind of in that mix, so it's really only the, the Devils and the Sabres. But the Sabers are the Sabers, and doesn't seem like anyone wants even Taylor Hall out of there. Well, they just traded Eric Stahl. True, but the Devils have Kyle Palmieri, and then yeah, who, who was held out of the the last Devils game? So yeah, and he's, so he gone. Yeah, so I, I think really, if you're looking at kind of teams that the Ducks are kind of competing with for for selling a guy like Raquel, the name that comes to mind right away is Kyle Palmieri, and then outside of that, I'm. I mean, I'm looking at the the TSN trade bait board. Taylor Hall is a little bit of a different category because of his cap hit, whereas Kyle Palmieri is at 4.65. And so comparing, it it really, I think, comes down to Ricard Raquel and Kyle Palmieri as two of the the prime candidates for teams that are looking for top two or uh, a top six winger. Well, in in a year where fun, like, I feel like the things that we have kind of, the things that we have said are the reasons why, Ricard Raquel so much value are now coming to light more, right? The fact like it's the financial aspect and that yeah. contract, by the way, one thing I want to mention, I didn't realize this Nick Felino is a UFA. So silver shroud said Columbus is selling him. So there is that I, I don't, so, I mean, Felino still makes more. He's at five and a half mil. So that may impact this slightly. Um, and also Felino's 33. Jake, so, uh, you're, you're accused of having no Raquel loyalty. I mean, from our my, lo- my loyal it's from Bonnie. My loyalty is to the Ducks, and I want to see a way for the Ducks to get better long term. My loyalty isn't to really any player on the team; it's to the franchise. Uh, for better, have, for better, I, or for worse. I have a Revenge of the Sith quote in my head right now, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna spare everybody. You'll save it. You'll save it. And so, I, I think that's helpful. I mean, you also look David Savard's a name coming up if we're looking at defensemen, and so I, I think. Behind him, Josh Manson's probably the the next best kind of defenseman to look at if Matthias Heckholm is not on the move, actually. And, and so, I mean, there, I think 
as we discussed the deadline, I think there's going to be moves made and that you're, the Ducks are going to be able to move guys. I don't even think that they're necessarily going to need to come down from their price that much because I think as we hit the deadline, teams are going to become a bit more uh, panicked to make a move. And so I think it's actually going to be the opposite where teams may be more willing to pay. I guess my question is just how, what is the, what is the volume going to be here for the ducks? Like how much are, how much are they going to dig into this, this selling mode? Because if they want to go that route and if there's, if there's buyers, there's a lot to be sold here. The question is is just, I mean, how far, how far are they willing to go is my question. One thing that I want to bring up, we haven't talked about this. I had an article that came, went out on the site last week. They kind of did a good job, and I mean, maybe we can just run through it right now. Kind of the different trade pieces for the Ducks and some comparable trades because I think there are some some issues with looking at comparable trades in the past because the the market has changed due to the flat cap, due to the expansion draft, due to a couple of different things. But I still think you can look to prior value to try to establish what the current market should be set at. And so, I mean, here's the, the proposed... I mean, Let's just come up with a couple proposed deals. Ricard Raquel, if he gets moved, the one that I've come back to, I've said here, I've said it a bunch. I think Raquel to the Leafs for Nick Robertson or uh, Rodion Amirov, a first-round pick, and then throw in whatever you want to make the salaries work and retain on Raquel also, if need be, to make the salaries work. Um, and, and I think so. And basically the the best comparable uh the Ducks have is Tyler Toffoli. Toffoli got Tim, uh, Tyler Madden in a 2020 second round pick, and that was for one playoff run of Tyler Toffoli. Yeah. And Tyler Toffoli and Ricard Raquel kind of really map out similar career-wise. Yeah, I, I feel like the, the two guys the Ducks should really be trying to hone in on on trading this, this season are Manson and yes. Raquel. Yes. Because if you look at the comparables for, for those kinds of players, they could get they could get like three picks out of those two players. And yeah. and, you know, p- potentially a couple prospects. So I'm not as high as you are on Robertson. I'm just higher on the fact that the Ducks get a first round pick. But regardless, that is a that is a good haul. And I'm probably underrating Robertson a little bit. So all in yeah. all, a good return. And whereas Manson. So you look at kind of some previous trades that have happened for uh, for defensemen um, in the past little bit more. So guys with uh, term is what I was looking for. But Alec Martinez went to from L.A. to Vegas for two second round picks last yep. year, and and that's that's who I was referring to. Yeah, like that <laughs> that would be amazing for Manson. And, and here's the thing: Alec Martinez was not good last year, and he's much older than Manson. Yeah, but he's was, got you know why that is. Like, he's well, got, he's got the he, pedigree. He's got but, the cup, the the cup branding. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, still. yeah. But yeah, exactly. And so I, just, I mean, I, I just wonder how, where, what is Manson's value league wide? Like, how, I, how does the how does the league view Manson? I would think that Manson is probably. I mean, the one that I made in the the argument I made in the article was for Muzzin, but I think that I think Manson's value is lower than Muzzin as of right now. I think that yeah, I, I think well, that Muzzin is the same thing as Martinez in a way. Uh, Muzzin's a bit better. I think Muzzin. Well, he's better. better, and he has the pedigree. Yes, and so I think that I think Manson should at least get what Martinez gets, or got got the the Kings. He should at least get. He should get you at least two seconds. At yeah, least. I, I just think it would be like maybe I'm overrating Manson. I don't think I am, but it would be very odd if he didn't get at least what Martinez got or something equivalent to that. It yeah. would just be very strange if he got less than that. Well, I mean, Mark, this is the other one. Marco Scandella last year got a second and a fourth. Yes. Yes. Because it was a conditional fourth. He was a UFA, but the condition was if he re-signed in St. Louis, which he did. 
Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, Josh Manson is significantly better than Marco Scandella. He's better than Alec Martinez. He may be a little bit worse than Muzzin. He should probably get you a first and a prospect. Well, what would you prefer? Let's just say, like, you know, would you prefer uh, a first and a second or a first and a prospect or a second? Like, what's your ideal return? For, first and a prospect. Scenarios? First and a prospect. I, I or Honestly, I would go second and a higher prospect in this draft. Yeah, I, I would prefer just getting picks. Just because I like to, I like to draft the guy you're going to get. Um, I think that when you're when you're taking on another team's prospect that they're willing to trade that early in their development cycle, of course it means that they want the player that they're acquiring. But it might say something about how they view that prospect, and those trades don't always tend to work out that great. So I'm more of the mind of just get your own picks. But regardless, yeah, if you get a good prospect out of it, it's still a win. Yeah, one, 100%. And so I think if you're the Ducks, I think what you have to do at this deadline is you have to be trying to move both Raquel and Manson because I think, yeah, I mean, here's the only limiting factor is the expansion draft does cause a bit of a hiccup. I looked at it for the Leafs. The Leafs really don't have a lot of forwards to protect. They they have their their big four of uh, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander. Well, if, but anything outside that, of, if anything, that helps the Ducks though. Yeah. Well, no, that helps the Ducks because they don't have that many to to protect. So them getting Raquel is useful. Exactly. Manson, on the other hand, you really have to go to a team that that isn't that isn't a situation where they could protect him, and that becomes mm-hmm. a bit more of a difficult conversation to have uh, because of the fact of seven forward three D. And so, do those teams have uh, have three D already? Do they have? and Manson doesn't fit in, are they okay potentially losing Manson? What, like, where's that going to go? Because I mean, the teams that, that come to mind are Winnipeg. Winnipeg's been rumored to wanting, want a right-hand shot defenseman. And I mean, Winnipeg may be, may be a good fit because their D is awful. And so uh, he may just be an easy protect. Uh, yeah. Like that's the thing. What is the debate there for Winnipeg? Yeah. Whereas, <laughs> whereas the Panthers, it would be because of Ekblad's injury and they're a bit of a different conversation because you, you've got, uh, you've got Ekblad, You've got, uh, I need to now look at their, their team again, but they have a couple other defensemen that you might want to protect over, uh, Manson. So maybe that would be a limiting factor for Florida, uh, in that situation. So overall, I think the Ducks should really be looking to move them. Those are the two that I think you have to do at this deadline because, because, because both those guys are going to lose value once you get past this deadline, because a team is going to pay more if they can get those guys for two playoff runs. If they trade for them in the off season, I always come back to this, but you look at when the ducks got Ryan Kessler, Bob Murray even has said this publicly that the offer that he gave, he had to Vancouver to get him at the, what would have been the 2014 trade deadline was significantly more than what he ended up paying for him in the 2014 off season. And that's because he was going to get an extra playoff run at that cap hit. And he was going to be able to get him now. And so the deal changed once he went to the offseason. It became le- less. Vancouver got less value out of it. And what did they get? They got Ryan Kessler on the team for 10 games to, to play out the season without any benefit to them at all. Mm-hmm. So you really don't want to be put in that situation where that happens. Yeah. And also there's some, I would say, deals that they should be looking to make. Like, couldn't you flip David Backus somewhere? Yep. Just, I, I think. Just I, recoup that. <laughs> I think basically any rental that they have, whether it's David Backus, ben whether Hutton. it's Yanni Hockenpah, whether it's Ben Hutton, if Ryan Miller's, if well, Yanni Hockenpah, I'm not so sold on that, but for different reasons. I I think some team would take him. I think some team well, would no. take him for a fourth through. Well, the, the team that would take him that wants to keep him might be the Ducks. the Ducks. That's well, no, yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I think that the Ducks are really high on him and would rather keep him than trade him. But I mean, he's a UFA. 
Trade him for a fourth. Yeah. Uh, well, so that's the thing. Um, I guess, you know, there's this there's this notion out there that the, the Ducks don't have to do this now, that, that they can just do this in the summer, that things are going to heat up before the expansion draft, and ultimately we're overselling the importance of this trade deadline. But I just think it's kind of a it's not even really much of a debate. If you can sell to a team that you get this guy on a reasonable deal, whether it's Manson, whether it's Raquel, whether it's even a Lindholm and potentially for two runs, although we don't know as much for Lindholm, uh, that just has to have more value than in a few months where you don't get that first crack at it. So I, I disagree with that idea that the Ducks don't have to like, if they want to move on from these guys, if they want to maximize value, now is the time to do it. And yeah, yep. it sucks that it's a weird season with the quarantining and the financials, but I still think teams want to win. Teams are going to do what they have to do. And I think we're going to see that in a big way. Silver Shrouded asked, does Raquel's injury drop his value though? I don't think so because of him having the extra year. Yeah, exactly. So you have you have a little insurance there if you're the other team. He doesn't even have that crazy of, a, of an injury history either. So it's not like it's a huge question mark there. He is also back to skating. And I feel like the Ducks made sure to to let that be known today. When when uh, Dallas Higgins was asked about it, he said he's skating. He said he looks fine. He said he looks like Ricard Raquel out there. Uh, so I would imagine that they're going to they're gonna try to get, get him back in soon. Yep. Yep, and so to touch on a couple of the other names that have been the Ducks have been linked to wanting to move, potentially Adam Enrique and Jacob Silverberg. I mean, those are two. Yeah, that, and that, those are the ones that aren't going to go away. But ultimately, again, those contracts like the it's just going to be tough. And those won't happen if they do happen until the off season. Um, yeah, and, we'll re- reduce the amount of contract the other team has. Do you want Do you want to know the like very depressing thing I realized when writing my article? Let's hear it. That Jacob Silverberg and Adam Enrique are essentially this in in the exact same situation as kind of Milan Lucic or James Neal contract, and that was the best comparable trade I could really come up for the uh, for them was the the James Neal for uh, and a conditional third round pick or sorry James Neal for a conditional third round pick and Milan Lucic at twelve and a half percent retained, and both those guys had. Uh, four years left on their deal at the time, and that's exactly what uh, I believe Silverberg and Raquel, yeah. or Silverberg and Enrique have thirty have four years left on the deal. I would put them more so in the James Neal side of that trade as compared. Well, James to Neal had a terrible like both those guys were coming off bad years. Yes, that really, but James Neal that, has that really rebounded slightly. Well, that's the thing is that th- those guys were flipped at some of their all time lowest values, whereas I feel like Henrique has bounced back a bit from the beginning of his season. And I still think Jakob Silverberg is a well-regarded player around the league, despite his contract, just because of his defensive game. He's still been very good defensively this season. So I, I understand the comparable, but I also think that these guys are just better now than those two players you mentioned no, it, are. Yes, I think they're better now than... than like, like significantly better now. Than, Lu, than Lucic and Neil now, but... The question is, in two years, are they going to be where Neil and Lucic are? Because Neil and Lucic currently have two years left on the deal after this one. Henrik and Silverberg have four years left on the deal after this one. So in two years, we'll put them in the similar contract situation as those two right now. So will yeah. they be there? And I, and I think that that kind of piecing that together was, was a big kind of a warning shot for me of figuring out because a long time or a lot of times I thought, okay, Henrique and Silverberg, maybe you retain, maybe you'll be able to get something back. Yeah, I mean, Henrique's just 
he's been good this year. Like he I has. know that people don't want to hear that, but he has. he's like there's not really a huge indicator right now, at least. And maybe I'll have to go back and look at the age 30, 31 seasons for Neil and Lucic, but I, I just don't think those guys are like pariahs yet. No, like, like but not even not even close. It's the term. It's the it term the on term. the contract. I, I, I get it, but I just I don't think the Ducks like depending on how they play this, I just don't think they're going to have to get down to a situation like that. I just think that they need to accept that they're going to have to retain half the salary to make it, to make anybody even start listening. Well, that that's my point. Even if they retain half the salary, I don't necessarily know what you can get back for them. Yeah. Because, I mean, because it, well, because of the term on the deal, I think that's honestly, all you can really do is hope that they maintain this level of performance and yep. trade them in a couple of seasons. Yep. I, I think that's really the best you could hope for is I think you just have to, and the contracts, the good thing is that, you know, they have, realistically there's you you got to worry about next season and then just hope that someone is willing to take them on with with you know essentially two years left after that um yeah that's that's what the ducks are probably hoping for um but yeah i mean this just goes to show don't sign these contracts don't yeah, do it, it it's, i mean it's this, not it's not gonna work out in this, the end this is the exact reason also for anyone wondering why we're so bullish on trading raquel because the next deal is going to be a similar one to one want, of these. Because it's very likely that unless you're a, a team that's contending, that you're going to have to have the same song and dance with Raquel in a few years when he starts you know, dropping off. And you'd rather get out of it now, get the value, get the assets, and mm-hmm. be better for it. Yep. Profit. Thrive. Yep. Exactly. We just want to thrive here. You want to, get fu- you want to get future value. You want to get future value. The Ducks are not in the business to get current value with their roster. Well, I mean, I think it's it's encouraging that the, that now there's chatter that the Ducks are more interested in 19 to 23 year old players as opposed to the 25 ancient yeah. because yeah. that that just didn't make any sense. And hey, maybe the pushback that they got from it, maybe that changed their minds. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, Who knows? maybe, maybe we did something. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Giving us too much credit. I'm not saying it. I'm not not saying it. Okay. So there you go. All right. So. Let, let's really briefly, before we get into questions, just kind of briefly chat about the the la- the week that was, the games that happened, because there were games that oh, happened. Oh, you want to talk week. about games? I thought well, we weren't doing that. But, I think okay. that we should should briefly this is how mention... how we get to two hours. I think we should briefly mention uh, Volkov. Alexander Volkov made yeah. his debut for the Ducks. What were your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, he scored in his first game. Uh, he probably could have had two goals, actually, in I, his first I mean, game. He did have two goals. In his first game? He had a goal for, and he scored a goal against. Oh, yeah. It was, well, it was it was a joke that you didn't get. Non okay. non non okay. snide remarks. Aside, snide remarks aside, he could have had two of his own because the first he one could have. He, he had a wide open net to shoot at and couldn't put it away. I mean, look, I thought he was fine. I thought that he was kind of what he was the player that we saw in Tampa Bay, just solid. Not a whole lot too exciting about his game, but effective. He got a goal. I think that he gave that line with Lundestrom and Contois a little more credibility on the forecheck and in the defensive zone. I thought in the second game, you saw the the drawn penalty, right, where he came down the wing mm-hmm. and uh, and took it to the net, got a hooking call out of it. He showed some good things. He has this weird tendency, which I noticed as well watching his lightning games. He falls a lot when he goes down low. Like when he initiates contact, he just like, it's like his feet just come out from underneath him. But I think him being on that line, it just kind of has made it really obvious how how far ahead he is in the overall polish of his game compared to Lundestrom and Contois because he's out there making the right play, 
making the right read. It's not always that exciting, but like Coltois sometimes is just he's just missing guys or he's trying the wrong pass attempt. And he's been doing that all year. But I think next to a guy like um, like Volkov, who's coming over from a great system, a great development system, it becomes more apparent. But all that he's, aside, I do, think Volkov looks solid. Do we need to have a conversation about his five on five numbers? No, it's too early. It's small sample. I'm not going to read into it yet. Um, yeah, the numbers weren't great. They I weren't. don't know. I don't know how much of that is on him, though. I mean, True. you're playing next to Max Contois, who and is right now a black hole when it comes to defensive metrics. Isaac Lindstrom is not really that great of a... Yeah, and Isaac Lindstrom, like, again, this is going to piss people off, whatever. Uh, Isaac Lindstrom's got really overrated from, like, a hot streak of goal scoring. Um, he's, you know, he's a, he's a fine, okay prospect, but he's, he's still not this kind of go-to center that I feel like the Ducks are painting him out to be. And that's fine. Maybe he'll, maybe he will get there. He's shown flashes of it this season, but those two guys like Lundestrom and Coltois together right now, to me, doesn't really equal five on five success. Now Lundestrom is okay at suppressing shot attempts against, but he just, there's just no offense when he's out there. And so if you're Volkov, all you're trying to do is basically make sure that things don't go to complete crap when you're out there. And I, I feel like that's what I saw. Maybe, maybe I'm giving him, uh, you know, maybe I'm letting him off the, the hook too easily, but that's what I saw. And based on the guys he's playing with, it doesn't seem that that crazy that those are the numbers that, that we saw. Now, what, one thing that is interesting to me is how long is Dallas Aikens going to let this line kind of gel together? Because, I think he has this really high opinion of Lindstrom that, again, isn't really yep. backed up by the numbers. I think he has this, I would say, mostly high opinion of, of Contois that, you know, Contois is a weird one because he needs strong defensive players next to him to work. Now, one thing we should also mention, though, is that Volkov's numbers weren't great in Tampa Bay this season. That is something to keep in mind. But I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt just because of how little he played. But I would like to see Volkov on a higher line or just with guys that are going to be able to do something with some of the battles he's winning down low with some of the plays he's making. Because right now I just think with Contois, with Contois and Lindstrom, it's just really tough. They, they're really tough guys to, to pair up with. And that's why part of me is kind of happy that Trevor Zegers is going to go down to the AHL because look at the, look at the lines that Zegers has been on. Like not all of them have worked that well. And I think it's because the ducks roster, especially their forwards, it's just kind of funky and it's hard to, to, to put guys in. And so, I don't know. I mean, you you heard Bob Murray say, you know, in his comments that, oh, well, I'm figuring out which guys fit and which guys don't, or he didn't say it exactly like that, but he's figuring out which guys are going to figure into the long-term plans of this team. And I really do wonder who's on the list or, or who's not on the list because there are some guys who have been really tricky to fit in this season. Yeah, there definitely have been. So um let's get into this real quick question i got as a dm that i wanted to hit before we get into all the twitch questions so this came from adam roll it said with murray still at the helm of this titanic season are we gonna have to watch zegers and drysdale become great on another team or will we just have to watch the ducks destroy their talent by not building up around them and so i wanted to to read this because i actually don't think it is this doom and gloom no I, it's not. I, and so that that's why i wanted to address this we we may get into the doom and gloom aspect of things a lot but there's a lot to be excited about with this ducks franchise 
moving forward. There's a lot of good things coming forward. I mean, obviously, Zegris and Drysdale are there. Terry's development ha- has been another uh, really nice thing. Despite, scoring. despite the way the team is handled, yeah, them, I would yeah, mention. D- exactly. But there, there's a lot of things building up around them. And, and Zegris and Drysdale are young. Like, there's a long time coming. They're going to be under club control for at least seven to eight years. Like, there's a lot of yeah, time and, and, for them to build up mind, around them. Keep in mind that management will probably change during that time. Yes. Like, like at some point, I think Bob Murray is going to be gone, uh, whether it's after this season or when his contract is up. But he, there's going to be a change there. And so I wouldn't be too worried about that. And look, at least for Drysdale, and I would say Zegers to some degree, I think that they're going to be the kind of players who can defy that, like who are just going to elevate the guys around them. Yep. And so they're not going to, well, and just, despite maybe some poor decisions around them, they're still, they're still going to be okay. And and I think that them sending Zegers down to him for to allow him to develop at center gives him a better likelihood of elevating people around him because of him being the play yep. driving center for that line. And that's why, again, I think it was good news today because the fact that they're honing in on him being a center because I think that him on the wing this season demonstrated why he needs to be a center and why he's just kind of a weird fit from the wing. Like, there's not a lot of playmakers from the wing in the NHL. Playmakers tend to be down the middle because... That's where you have the space. That's where you can be shiftier. And so that's where you can find the seams. And so I think the Ducks kind of came to that conclusion. Maybe they, they had some doubts. And now, and I also wonder how much of this maybe is Martin Madden. And, you know, I'm sure he had a big hand in drafting Trevor Zegras. And how much of a voice did he have in saying, look, this guy has to be a center. We have to get well, to that point. Yeah. And I mean, for the Ducks, if he becomes a center and you you can draft Matty Beneers in this draft, you have a one-two yeah. punch of those two for a long time. If you draft William Eklund, you have Eklund on Zegers' wing. There, there's a whole lot of possibilities with this upcoming draft. I mean, Jacob Perot could end up becoming the, the winger for him also. And there, well, there's a whole lot of possibilities and it, out there. It, exactly. And it also makes it easier to build around, uh, around uh, Trevor Zegers now because if he's the center, you can, if he's, you know, if he's a little weaker defensively, that's okay. You can mitigate that. I mean, the line I'd like to see is Zegers down the middle with Troy Terry. That would be yeah. very interesting mm-hmm. to me. Agreed. And now you and now you would have that possibility. So, look, I know you're down on this move today, but it's good. It's good long term. <laughs> yep. I'm not. Wow. No, okay. You're not, so you're, you're not down on it. No, but you, I'm fine. Kind of I'm fine it. with it, but I have. You, you I have, have issues with the, the methodology. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so let's get into some questions from the Twitch chat. So for those of you watching on our YouTube channel, yes, you can find us at youtube.com slash crash the pond. If you want to subscribe there, that helps out a bunch. We're really trying to push subscriber counts up. And if you're watching there, subscribe to us. Like like the video. It helps out a bunch. Gets us more kind of on the, the homepage. If someone is a, a hockey fan, a Ducks fan, puts us in front of them and allows the show to grow or obviously on your favorite podcast services. Uh, But the real fun thing is the Twitch stream. We typically are on Sundays, obviously, at 8 p.m., pretty standard, except this week because of there being a Ducks game, we decided to shift to Monday. Next week also will be Monday because we want it to be post-trade deadline. But you can find us at twitch.tv slash crashspawn. If you want to hit the the, uh, like button there, I believe it's follow, actually, you will get notified anytime the show goes live, and you can actually help support the show. If you have Amazon Prime, you get one free Twitch Prime sub each and every month. You do have to hit that subscribe button after 30 days. It helps out the show more than you can imagine. You can get special emotes in the chat, special badges next to your name, and you can be just like Ginger Wolf, who actually gifted a sub to not real never was and the hardcore luchador good friend of the show resubbed uh for four months so thank you so much for for helping out so 
let's get some questions here. So we got this one from LewisX209, good friend of the show, said, since Brendan Gallagher is out weeks, this is this is specifically for you. Do you think the Habs call the Ducks? And if so, which Ducks prospects could the Habs offer the Ducks? And I'm just going to add in Raquel for Cole, Cole Caulfield. Let's just, let's no just make it happen. There's no way. There's no way the Canadians would give up uh, Cole Caulfield for Ricardo Cal. I just wanted to say it. So there's do you, zero, do you, do you think there's, do you think there's a fit there? Yeah, I 100% think there's a fit just in terms of hockey, uh, in terms of like the on ice perspective. I think the Canadians have a, like looking at their cap sheet makes my head hurt. <laughs> and that's not a good thing. They have a ton of forwards. There's a bunch of expansion draft considerations there. They have pending free agents. Uh, it's a bit of a mess and I don't know how they necessarily make it work. Now, do they send, for example, in a trade like an Arturi Lekkanen to Anaheim, who's 25, who's going to be an RFA. Maybe he's a guy who the Ducks would see as a fit just to make the contracts work. I don't know. I don't really know how they make that trade happen. That's my big issue there. But I do think the Canadians, look, they're all in on this season. They've they've brought in a ton of salary. They brought in guys to 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 try to take advantage of this North division. And so maybe that level of desperation is what gets them to the point where they trade for a Ricard Raquel. I just, I just personally don't know how they make the trade work. That's my big issue there. I mean, it definitely has to be a, a retained salary, but if who would you think the, the Canadians would be willing to give up for the ducks as a prospect? Uh, so in terms of prospect, I mean, it, it kind of depends what the, the ducks would want because the Canadians have a bunch of prospects as well. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, take your pick. I mean, on the back end, of course, they just drafted Caden Gooley. Now he's a first round pick. I don't know. You're just trying to get rid of him. Everyone on the show saw <laughs> saw the watch along of the draft when you were so happy about them taking Caden Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to sell everybody on Caden Gooley. You know, he's a great defenseman. Uh, this and that. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know who the Ducks would want of this, of this stable because they, I think they have a lot of solid prospects and I don't know who the Ducks would want to be honest. Um, but I do think that if there's a guy that the Ducks have in mind, or if there's a position the Ducks have in mind, the Canadians can make that happen. I mean, even down to in net, like Caden Primo is a solid goalie prospect, so they can make it work either way. Um, yeah, I, I again like the cap for me is the part of this that really kind of makes my head hurt because there would be there would have to be a lot of maneuvering just for basically a, a playoff run or two. Um, and then after that, who knows if they can even bring back Raquel on his next contract. So it would be a tough situation. Yep. So it, good insight there, though. NJ Devils fan 68 wrestling fan had this question for me specifically will adam cole versus kyle o'reilly steal mania week and ask who do i have winning it yes i think that that match can definitely steal mania week because those two are just insanely good workers the story i mean i'm gonna be completely honest i don't watch nxt most weeks mainly just because i a complete aew mark at this point in time uh fully admit that oh but- i do want to oh i don't mean to cut you off but i'm gonna cut you off you one won't pros- that mean to one one no I, I actually don't mean to but i am uh one prospect i do think that the the uh ducks might be interested in is sean farrell just because the habs drafted him in the fourth round but he is from the chicago steel he's a guy who kind of slipped and i know that the ducks love the chicago steel program they've been drafting guys out of there so i could i could see that being a guy they target yeah um, continue continue Go for it. Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, going to be great. I mean, the the breakup of 
the undisputed era is a great story kyle o'reilly is an absolutely fantastic baby face adam cole is a great smuggish heel it's just gonna be fantastic i think kyle o'reilly goes over i think uh, I think they want to build O'Reilly up right now. Adam Cole, I think, is going to end up taking the pin, and Kyle O'Reilly is going to get the W. You enjoyed that? That was great. You, you know, enjoy- I, I I did enjoy it. There I, you I go. Did. Oh, uh, Raquel for Perry and a prospect. There you go. From our chat, Death Trooper one five three. Why? Corey Perry's playing well. Corey Perry has many goals as Ricard Raquel this season. Ginger Wolf asks, "Does Troy Terry at center fix as many problems as it does in my head?" I think Troy Terry has the skill set to be a good NHL center. I'm not even talking just like an, I, I think he can be a good NHL center. He's responsible yep. defensively. He's mobile. He's really good at controlled zone entries. He's really good at bringing the puck up ice. Like those are all center responsibilities or things you would look for in a good center. Um, does it fix a bunch of problems? Look, I think the duck center position is a bit of an issue. They don't really have, I mean, they're, they're trying to create it now, trying to have pillars long-term down the middle and yeah, having Terry down the middle, and if he can prove to be a solid option, that would solve some problems because I think part of the Ducks, let's call it their their math here moving forward, was that Sam Steele would develop into uh, an NHL center, and that isn't really happening right now. He is injured, but he was getting scratched for, for good chunks of time. Uh, so there, by the way, just me meeting my quota for taking digs at Sam Steele. There you go didn't even play this last week he's on injured reserve and you're still taking digs you know what i'm just ruthless i'm feeling just, ruthless today. wow uh silver shrouded asked yes or no two different trades so one is raquel for robertson and sandine or Liljegren. sandine or Liljegren. Mm-hmm. uh yes easily yes yeah sure like easily <laughs> uh like if you can get Robertson and Sandine, Sandine's a top level prospect. Like you're getting two, they're two of their top three prospects right there. No way they, that the Leafs do that. If you can get Robertson and a pick, I think you take it. Um, the other one is Manson for Perfetti Untra- uh, untraditional trades in that no draft pick comes back. And I doubt Winnipeg ever trades Perfetti though. Is what yeah. I, I really doubt that they would do that because I mean, I was super high on Perfetti. In the draft, I thought he would have been a viable pick for the Ducks at number six. Uh, I mean, heck, if the Ducks had to give up something a little additional just to get Perfetti, I would be in favor of that because Perfetti is the kind of player that they need more of in their system, just dynamic offensive players. Uh, so, yeah, I am on board with that just because I love Perfetti, but I don't know if I see it happening. Yeah. Uh, hey, Odifo said, who has been the best Ducks defenseman this season? Uh... I think it's got to be Cam Fowler, unless I'm wildly off there. I, I would probably. I. How do you rate Hampus Lindholm's season? Has he played enough? Um, I think there's a case that Fowler's been better than him. Okay. Is that is that too bold? Too I think bold. it's. I think it's a bit too bold. I think Lindholm has been absolutely excellent this year, and I think that that's selling him. A wait, bit wait. Short. So, did you say he's been absolutely excellent? He has is been that, excellent. Is that the claim? Absolutely excellent. Excellent. He's been excellent. Hampus Lindholm. I has mean, been. why don't you look up his RAPM chart? Why don't you look up his war? Just, just let me know what his RAPM chart looks like, and and let me know if, if that shows absolutely excellent to you. I'm not uh, saying he's been bad. He's been good. I mean, the only thing he's that been he's been fine. bad, the only thing he's been above, below average on is uh, goals for. But if you look at wins, okay, fine. Maybe not absolutely excellent. He's been good. He's I been think very Fowler's, good. I think Fowler's been better. Okay. 
I mean, I think it's not even that close. Fowler's been okay. better. I actually disagree there. <laughs> what are you? What is leading you to this conclusion? Take a look at Top Down Hockey's war model. Oh, so okay, fine. You're 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 pulling a me here. <laughs> I am 100. Yeah, they basically. I think it's between Fowler and between Lindholm. I think yeah. Drysdale's actually in the conversation slightly, no. but but sample. on off sample. of it. Yes. I'm flagging you for sample there. Fair, fair. It's I'm, definitely. I'm, it. I mean, I'll say this. It's definitely not Yanni Hockenpah. Well, I mean, I feel like you were on the Kevin Shattenkirk hype train, and you've been real quiet over there about Kevin Shattenkirk. Oh, no, Kevin Shattenkirk. So here's my thing on Shattenkirk. I actually still think he, he's been fine. The main issue for him has been the same issue it's been all year, penalties. I mean, I think the issue is he hasn't been good defensively. and eh, he, He's been below average, but his offensive ability actually makes up for it. I don't think it makes up for it, actually. I disagree. I mean, again, we're. I guess we're just going to... We're each going to trust the model that furthers our own conclusion more. I mean, I think part of the demerit for Shattenkirk, though, is that he's been a negative on the power play like that. No, I, and that is a valid point. Like that was part of the billing is that he was going to come well, in. And it was, was part it? of the billing. We said that on this podcast that he was, was going to come in. Yes, it was. You're revising history. You're revising history. You're not allowed to do that. We said he would come in and help the power play. He didn't. He's He's not even been like. Not just that great on not that great on the power play. He's been bad. He's he's made it worse. <laughs> so just you know, disgusting Ca- Ca- by you. Caleb Halley saying Jacob Larson best defenseman in the NHL. What the NHL? Jacob Larson best defenseman in the entire NHL. Are we talking like the Swiss National League? The NL. The the NL. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm not he not, not you're not even playing along with the joke. I'm wow. not because he's so bad. It's like triggering me. Put please, okay, for the love of God, please put his RAPM chart up on the screen for, for I still haven't for, I still haven't fixed the It's just it's just red bars just going down, just going way down. I'll put it up. The screen's gonna look weird for a hot second. And just well, just deal with it, everyone. I, okay, this is actually a theme that developed in the last week is Jacob Larson's been scratched a lot lately. He hasn't been playing a ton. I think he's played three of the last seven games. And is that finally a real... And there have been games in that where the Ducks have gone 7D. So is this finally a realization by the coaching staff, by the organization, that Jacob Larson is not NHL caliber right now? Death Trooper saying, put respect on future Norris winner Jacob Larson. Is that like a prospect over in Sweden? Like another (laughs) Jacob Larson? Because this one ain't winning anything anytime soon, in the NHL at least. Uh, too good, too good. All right, so we had this question. I mean, he's from, bad. Like, am I missing something here? Good friend GM Bob Murray asked this question: mm-hmm. If you guys could reverse any of my trades except for the Theodore one, which one would it be? I mean, there's an easy answer there. Very easy answer. Which one? I mean, I'm going a bit far back for this, but I think Kyle Palmieri trade. Has aged yes. poorly. Yes, that and, one's and aged I, poorly. And I can already hear the people saying this and that. You know the RFAs, blah blah. No, wrong. Hey, it was a bad trade. Keeping was... Palmieri would have been better than whatever small advantage they got in their contract negotiations with the RFAs that year. Yeah, yeah. I mean the way. Here's and the they, thing. And the, they still, I don't. They the, still the, had a guy hold out from that. So people, people will probably say the William Carlson trade. I actually still, in hindsight, don't mind that trade. No. It's because fine. well, here's the here's the thing, there, folks, is that Bob Murray actually gets a lot of crap for not going for it, for not making the big trade, for not really 
making trades to put his team over the top, really giving them that, that chance. And, and the thing was that that was a trade to do that. And so if we're going to give him undo, a lot of crap for not doing that on a lot of occasions, the time that he does now, granted, Wisniewski didn't work out, he didn't play, but that was a go-for-it move. And I think yeah. that at a certain point in time, you have to give him credit and, for doing that. And yes, you have to give up guys that have potential future for it. And would William, I mean, William Carlson's gotten extremely lucky in Vegas. Whoa, careful there. Please, careful there. Okay. Well, I mean, he's been lucky in the sense that he got gifted a, a really awesome circumstance to thrive in, but I think he's yeah. earned... Like, no, yes. You're like, right. I think you're, right. you're being you're very harsh. Very ba- Very bad faith. You're um, correct, but was he was he this in, was he this well, in uh, Columbus? Yeah. Well, I mean, was he... Was he this in Anaheim? Like, that's the thing is the the player that the Ducks traded, I don't think that there was really any indication that he was going to become close to what he became in Vegas in Anaheim system. I mean, I guess his first his first full season in the AHL, he had 24 points in 37 games, which, hey, that's a solid year uh, for a rookie AHLer. But is that like, I don't know if that really screams this guy's going to one day put up 40 in the NHL or even 20 in the NHL. So I think, yeah, I'm, I've never looked at that trade and, and fault in Murray. And maybe there are people who would expect us to fault Murray for that trade, but we're not. Mm-hmm. So, hey, some degree of consistency here. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, here's an AHL question. Oh, so, yes. th- throwing this at you. Throw it at Who's me. Who's having the better AHL season? Uh, Oli the goalie or Lucas Dostal? So, Oli Eriksson-Eck or Lucas Dostal? I have this strange feeling that this is a trap question. I have a strange feeling it is also. Yeah, so let's see. I'm pulling it up. I'm, I'm full disclosure. I haven't really been following the stats of the goals goalies, but so Oleg has a 924 in seven games for the goals this season. And let's see here. I think this person just wants to hear me say that Eriksson has been better. Let's see if I'm correct in that assumption. Uh, no, actually, yeah, so correct. Yeah, so Lucas Dostal is a 913 in 14 games. Uh, this is one of those situations, though, where I do wish we had more contextual stats for the AHL because I think comparing raw save percentage goalie to goalie can be a little tough. I mean, and there have been games that I've watched with Dostal where, I mean, the goals have just been a complete shit show defensively. Um, now that could also be true for Erickson X games. But yes, to this person, if you want to hear me say it, congratulations, you're going to get it. Ole Erickson X has a better save percentage than Lucas Dostal this season. Does that mean that Lucas Dostal won't end up being the better goalie? Does that mean that to date, Ole Eriksson hasn't really been more than an ECHL goalie? No, it doesn't mean any of those things. But yes, right now, one has better stats than the other. There you go, folks. You got it. You got the Ole Eriksson hate. You I mean, got the Sam Steele hate. I made sure to pack in all the caveats at the end. And I also gave you the Jacob Larson hate. So I am... Yeah. Trying D- to be D- DB Lowry says, no, he didn't want, he didn't want, I actually think that he's a new listener of the show. So, so thank you. He said, he just wants to hear folks talk about Erickson X since Dawson's like world it. junior performance. Uh, uh, folks have been quite, uh, have been quiet on X. I like how we're just expecting people to, to, you know, be petty or to be trying to get us to, to, you know, gotcha. We, moment. we, you're, you're worse about this than I am. <laughs> you have way more hot takes slash vendettas than I do. Do I? Maybe. I don't know, actually. I'm just saying that. Um, (laughs) Gaslighting, I see. Yeah, well, I think the good thing about Zegers going down, too, is that we'll we'll probably start watching more goals games again, so that'll be kind of fun. I do want to see Zegers with Perot on a line. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, and so I'm kind of trying to just look at expected goals uh, per game, and 
Erickson Eck has been pretty excellent in the last little bit here for the goals. Uh, Instat has some expected goals uh, information uh, for AHL games. Um, <laughs> I'm, be- so- I'm now being accused of hating Swedish players in our chat. <laughs> so I that, mean, that's a new one. I mean, that's a new one. I don't hate Ricard Raquel. I don't hate. Can I don't we hate find anyone? Can we the find that if uh, Sam Steele has any uh, <laughs> any any Swedish history? Oh, anything yeah. along those lines? I mean, it is true. I mean, here's the reality: it's not that I hate Swedish players; it's that the Ducks have a lot of Swedish players who, I mean, haven't really performed up to the caliber. Like Isaac Lindstrom, he's been fine, but I think he's been a little overrated. Jacob Larson's an AHLer, uh, but I have been I have showered praise on Jakob Silverberg in the past. I've showered praise on Ricard Raquel. So I think that's a bit of slander. You, you just took shots at Hampus Lindholm, though. No, I didn't take shots at him. Sure. Well, okay. I took shots at the fact that you said he's been <laughs> like a demigod, which is just like not factual. So. Sure. Sure. Um, you're, you're really trying to get the, the country of Sweden against me tonight. That, that's, <laughs> that, is, that is bold, but I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, GM Bob Murray says, Felix hates me as an NHL GM in general, and I'm not Swedish. So there you go, folks. Because well, of that, I hate. I, I hate. Like, Bombery is a GM. Has he has brought this hate towards him by his tenure, by his moves? So confirm uh, that I'm Finnish. Yeah, I'm Finnish. Yeah, let's go uh, with that. Ken Pafu asks, "Are we going to have a trade? I have to trade Dostal a la Freddie once Wallstep becomes our new Gibby." <laughs> if the Ducks draft a goalie this year in the first round, fire everybody. I mean, they wow. should already fire everybody, but. Fire everybody again. Double wow. fire. Wow. Just don't uh, do it. Do not do it. Please. All right. All right. Let's get to uh, two more questions. CD Anderson, 2014. This is a quick one. Says, is Zegers playing in the NHL again this season? Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. I would probably yes. go with yes. Yes. Don't. No. No. Pr- no. Just yes. It's a yes. Enough. <laughs> okay. Enough with this. Okay. Uh, Silver Shroud asked, does Minnesota look at buying anyone from Anaheim? I mean, the Ducks may be willing to trade with with Minnesota because even though they're in division this year, I think Bob Murray weirdly cares about divisional everything, everything, everything. But Minnesota is not going to be in their division next season, so maybe yeah. that makes them more open to trading with with the Wild. And Who so would the, I'm trying to think. I don't have the best handle on the Wild's roster. I don't know what their their needs are, but that's a good. I think that's a good one actually because, like you said, the the shift in the divisions that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Something and so I mean, they could definitely use more high skilled forwards to put the puck in the net. I mean, their cap right now they're sitting at eighty one point two mil with no uh, no LTIR. It looks like, and so I mean, maybe you can end up. I mean, maybe you look at trading Raquel for Victor Rask. Yeah, and you just take back the money, or even the 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 Wild end up retaining, and you have Victor Rask coming back the other way at 28 years old and it's simply a salary dump because I believe if I'm remembering correctly, Victor Rask, was that a Paul Fenton move still and not a yes. Bill Guerin move? Yeah. So they, it, they it was, it was derided at the time. Yeah. So they may want to get out of that contract uh, on the whole. And so ducks will take back a little bit of bad money, but end up getting better prospects back. Do they end up trying to get Marco Rossi? No way they would do that though. I don't see. I mean, any they way should, I don't think the wild should do that though. Um, no, I mean, maybe you try to get Matthew Boldy. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that the, the Wild. How do they view themselves right now? Like, are they, they basically they have a win some now good prospects? Team? They have yeah, some they good do. prospects, but that's the thing. But are they willing to let go of those prospects? Like, is that where they're at in well, their development? And Matthew Boldy 
if I'm, I, I would need to look at where he played with the national development program, but I would assume he played with Zegers at various points in time, at least on the power play. So there has to be mm. some knowledge of each but they other. Just, there. They just signed Boldy, didn't they, to an ELC? So, so he's probably playing in the AHL right now. I don't think yeah. they, I don't think they're planning on having Boldy play in the NHL this season. And so yeah. that that may be the guy that you key in on trying to get a Matthew Boldy from there. I was going to say that maybe that this would be a good John Gibson landing spot, but then I remembered that Cam Talbot has been far and away better than John Gibson this year or even the last 2 years. So, never mind on that. There's just, your John Gibson hit, hit. There you go. I'm just I'm just accumulating a a, just, a body just, count right just, now. Just taking the shots right now. Just taking them. <laughs> Wow. You're just loving that that joke. What? You're loving that joke. What joke? Yeah, I mean, look, you're you've got an article in the raps or in the is in the raps the right term? Next week G- or two. Gib- Gibson. Next week or two. Yeah, I mean Gibson hasn't been good in two years and we're trying to figure out why, basically. My gut my gut tells me it's an Eakins th- or an Akins thing. Well, yeah, I think that at this point there's just something that's not captured in the expected goal stats for just how maybe bad of a system Aikens runs for goalies. Yeah, because the but, the 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 argument that I was thinking about rest that doesn't necessarily hold up last season. He he was rested plenty and actually was rested more last season than he was in the prior couple of seasons when he was absolutely fantastic. Maybe it's a situation of overall accumulation of of, of workload, but I mean, it I think that there's just it's an easy delineation that you can make that there's this stark drop off once Dallas Aikens takes over. By the way, Jake, uh, top of the seventh at angel stadium, angels down two runs. So got to tune in soon here. We will turn it on after the game. (laughs) Anyone listening to the recorded version of this probably already knows what the score is. Let's do a live stream of a baseball game. Let's become baseball podcasters. I mean, we got to figure out what we do with our watch along tier come the off season. If you have True. ideas out there for what you would want, if you're in the watch along tier, let us have know. us. I would love to do a baseball watch along and just me. Cause the way I view baseball, like me as a baseball viewer, I just throw out hot takes knowing that I know absolutely nothing. Like today, I <laughs> today I texted you guys, you and CJ. I said, Mike Trout looks off. Something's wrong there. <laughs> Trade him. <laughs> Trade him. <laughs> and then he gets a walk. So, and I think he has a home run tonight also. I'm all about overreacting to the small sample. I am an Shocker. NHL I am an NHL GM in the MLB setting. I just overreact to small samples. Yeah. And are, are we getting a Salem cameo? I think that's I think, what's happening here. Wait, wait. You're supposed to hand me Salem. <laughs> well, um there, there's so, an issue with the handoff. There there definitely was an issue with the handoff. Oh, looking like the handoff. looking like the USC offense in uh in college football. Here's Salem. Salem, say hi. Oh, by the way, I do want to point out we got a new review. We do. You want to Aww, jump look in? At Salem. You want to close out the episode? Yeah, let's close it out as Salem tries to wiggle free. <laughs> She's about to launch herself out of your arms. This is great. This is an all-time moment, I think, in our podcast. That's the longest she stayed in, though. She doesn't okay. like sitting still. Yeah, well, she's a cat. <laughs> they only like sitting still if it's on their terms. Uh, okay. Let's... Uh, Let's get out of here. I think, uh, I mean, is there anything else, anything that we're missing here? Um, nope. Trade deadlines next, next week. Yeah. We're going to do it. A, we're going to do a trade deadline bonanza next week. So if you're, if you're used to listening to us on Sunday nights or tuning in on Sunday nights, we will be recording Monday night. And our current plan is 6 PM for next week. So prior to the ducks game. 
Yep. So hope everybody enjoyed today's show. A few ways that you can support us. Make sure to check out our Patreon page. Uh, that's at patreon.com slash crash the pond. Three different tiers there. So for $1 a month, you get access to our patrons only discord chat, which is a lot of fun. Uh, it's it's become one of my favorite places to talk about hockey. Maybe my absolute favorite, actually. Really wholesome. No trolling. Everybody's just there to have a good time. And if there is trolling, it's you. Which, it's me. And it's in good faith. You know it's in good faith. You know it's me. I'm just messing with you. Um, <laughs> tell that to Jake on a bad day. Um, and <laughs> and uh, for $5 a month, you still get access to the chat. And you also get access to two bonus episodes. And I do want to point out that Next week, we're going to be recording one, and we're going to be doing what's kind of become an annual tradition where we grade every single trade that happened in the league at trade deadline day. So not just the docs, but every single trade. So with the bonus episodes, though, every month we talk about league-wide topics. We go more in-depth on the ducks, although I, you know, even more in-depth than on this show. Uh, and sometimes it's just completely off the wall. It'll be Jake just explaining to us, you know, very oh, niche, niche wait, Mandalorian wait, topics. Wait, 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 wait. I just realized I can do a WrestleMania review next week on the Patreon yes. episode. Yes. So if you want to listen to that, I mean, I don't know how you wouldn't want to. <laughs> I can't think of a reason why you wouldn't want to hear about a choreographed quote unquote sport. Couldn't think of any reasons. Then you got to tune in. Uh, and that's for $5 a month. Uh, for $15 a month, you get access to all of the above. Plus you get access to two live streams. We do a month of an actual ducks game. So we're, Taking, we're doing our best Brian Hayward, John Aller's impression, and uh, we're just commentating games and giving you a different look at it from a traditional broadcast. Uh, we're giving you more stats, more kind of, I'd say, tactical analysis, looking more at matchups, different things like that, than just uh, you know complaining about the refs, different things of that nature. It's a lot of fun. Sometimes it's just us. Some, it's that kind of day. I mean, I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just accumulating. <laughs> I got a lot of enemies. What can I say? Um, but uh, it's a lot of fun. And sometimes it's just us riffing. We've also got a live chat during that. So you can join in on the fun, ask us questions, throw us topics, or just uh, talk crap to me. Maybe that's the new thing. It gives you another avenue to, to, to talk crap to me. Maybe, I'm, maybe I should just become the heel of this show if I wasn't there you, already. There you go with the wrestling term. Well, it's, it's, it's a commonly accepted term. It's a wrestling term originated in wrestling uh i'll give you i'll give you that uh but yeah so that's at patreon.com slash crash the pond now there are still other ways to support us where you don't have to spend a dime one of the best ways is to leave us a review on apple podcasts leave us a rating review speaking of you being a heel yes i mean this is this is like just playing right into my hand here so we've got a review here from francois de leaf suck which is just a great name by the way uh the title of the the title of the review is less Felix needed. Five star review though. Five star review. Ten stars for Rudolph. Negative five stars for Sicard. Fight on. Uh, which I'm assuming the fight on is because this guy's a USC fan. Yeah, obviously. And, and although I can't specifically recollect it, I'm I'm fine saying that I've probably slandered one hundred percent. You definitely on this have. show. If uh, it's anything that I enjoy, it's been slandered by you at some point. No, that's not true. I think that's um, a very, uh, very fine that's, point to make. That's bad faith on your part. <laughs> but, uh, ne- I mean, I still would argue that me 
slandering USC doesn't warrant negative five stars, but the fact that it gives you 10 stars still leaves yeah. us at five stars. We're, we're still at five stars overall. We're still at five stars overall. Yeah, so you've just got to you've got to maintain your 10, and I've just got to make <laughs> I'm sure on I don't it. go... I've got to hey, make sure I don't go lower than negative five. Why do you think I'm providing uh, people visual entertainment with the shirts and the hats that I choose? True. I need to do something crazy for the next show. I need to dig, see if we got any crazy hats what, or something. Yeah, if anyone has an idea for things that we should probably wear for the deadline... Do, yeah. Do we do we put on shirts and ties? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't worn a shirt like a like a work shirt, collared shirt in in a year now. So, yeah, sure. Give me give me a reason to wear something nice. <laughs> we'll wear, um, we'll wear we'll wear suits on top. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but yeah. So hopefully, if you leave us a review, like I said, we will read it no matter what. But hopefully, if you leave us a review, it'll be maybe a little less. Uh, <laughs> a little less targeted you know i mean hey i will push back a bit on this review and and argue that not less of me is needed but anyway i, I will say that this podcast is both of us it's not just me yeah not exactly wow that is a big admission on your part big admission <laughs> is it <laughs> um okay where was i yeah leave us a review there uh spotify uh. we're also on spotify so if you're not on apple no problem uh subscribe to us on youtube uh, if you if you haven't already, because there's we get what do you say more views than subscribers, something like that. Yes. Uh, so yeah, make sure to subscribe, turn on your notifications. Like now, yeah. And another thing that I do want to say is uh, make sure to check out our website, crashthepond.com. We've we're trying to get as many articles up there as as possible moving forward, and uh, trying to just get you that that kind of detailed ducks analysis that maybe you're not getting elsewhere. Who knows. Not, I'm not going to name names this time. I will stay away from that one. Um, but no, <laughs> you're going to get the detailed analysis that maybe you're not getting elsewhere. Uh, and check out Crash the Pond on Twitter. I think it's a good follow at Crash the Pond. Uh, you know the the meme makers are are in full full swing over there. And uh, follow Jake on Twitter at Ranger Games ninety one. Check out his article. Um, I mean, it's already smashed records for the site, so I don't know if it really needs more. More, give, more, more promo. Give give more, me more. Give me more clout. More pub. Yeah. Well, Jake is just clout thirsty, so we've got to <laughs> give him all the clout here. Um, it, it's actually a good read. I mean, it, it's just so. This is just the typical Jake brain. It's, it's just dense. It's so detailed. <laughs> it's dense. It's like absurdly detailed, but it's good. I mean, if you read this article, you will come away from it with a better understanding of the situation, which I think is the goal of everything that we write is to help. People just kind of have better grasp on things. Uh, so yeah, that's at crashthepun.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Felix underscore Sicard. By the time you're listening to this, I should have an article up about the Zegra situation. There will be more positive in it than if Jake had written it. I will say that. So, <laughs> just, just, so there wow. you go. I'm just on a tear tonight. Sorry, folks. Um, but yeah, that'll do it for us tonight, guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you're having a great week. And uh, oh, by the way, happy April. First podcast happy April. Happy April. Don't know really what they're celebrating April, but happy April. And we will talk to you by the, by the time we talk to you next time, it will have been the trade deadline will have come and gone. And maybe the ducks will have traded Ricard Raquel, Josh Manson. Maybe they wouldn't have traded any of them. Okay. Tune in to find out. Let, let's finish on this note. Make a prediction. If anyone is still listening, please write this down. Please hold us to it. Make a uh, prediction for, for deadline day. Josh Manson is traded. Ricard Raquel is not. <sighs> Dang it. Why did you steal mine? Uh, you gave okay. me the option to go first. True. But I didn't think you'd, 
I didn't think you'd go that route. Um, but my prediction, my prediction is that Josh Manson does not get traded. And my prediction outside of that, I'm just going to go the opposite of you. I'm going to say Raquel gets traded and Manson does not. How about that? Is that too boring? Oh, Danson Heinen gets traded. There you go. I'm okay. just I'm just throwing Danson Heinen out the window here. Yanni, Yanni Hakapaz flipped. He's not flipped. That is a bare, very bad, very bad uh, <laughs> prediction. I'll say this: David Backus gets traded. Like, why else would you like? What's the point if you're yeah going to keep him around? Okay, folks, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Make sure to tune in. Deadline day. It's always a fun time. Bye.